0: Welcome to the Creative Marketing Show with your host, Rosh Sillers. Hey, welcome. It is great to have you here. And, uh, you know, each year I spend a little time thinking about how I'm going to approach the next year in terms of my marketing. And I break it down into a few different ways. I I like to look at my SEO strategy. I like to look at my pay-per-click strategy. I like to look at my social media strategy, as well as email. And I want to talk about that today. And I wanna talk about some of the tactics that I'm going to use in 2019. Talk about the ones that have worked well over the last year. Some that I wanna test that I've seen others do and, and kind of looked at the data and kind of explored that a little bit. So that's what I'm getting into today, the tactics. Hey, welcome everyone. This is this is Rosh and I wanna straighten this uh, whole thing out here. It seems a little odd the way I have it set up. And uh, let's see here, since I have a moment. Um, I think, I think that for the most part, um, First of all, welcome. This is the this is the Creative Marketing Show. It is good to see you here, and um, those of you who are coming in live, uh, thank you for that moment pause. And uh, also, you know, those of you who are interested in developing your your own unique success combination, which is what we call our USC, and we'd like to figure out what is the best combination for success for us each year, um, each week, I mean, each day, looking through and figuring out what works and what does not. And so those of you who are interested in that, I actually have a download in the description below. You're welcome to download that to kind of get the layout of what I'm talking about when I talk about the USC and the combination code and some of the things that we talk about on this show. It's important to review that and kind of have a direction because honestly, on this show, and on this channel, I talk about a number of different things. But our focus always is, in the end, to get to our ultimate success combination. The the one thing that makes us work, and we're always trying new things to make that happen. And in the new year, I, I want to look at SEO more and more. I've, I've been doing a lot of tests, and I talked about that at the end of one of the last shows briefly. And I want to share with you some of the things that I have been doing, what I have seen, and how search engine optimization is a big part. Now, like I said, I'm going to talk about pay-per-click. I want to talk about social as well as um, other aspects, of email, of our marketing And then I'll go into the question and answer section at the end. But I want, you know, on the SEO front, it's really kicked up a notch for me at the end of 2018. And I'm starting to rank some individual smaller sites just for myself, just to really make sure I can take a site from nothing and put it in a great position. And what are the struggles today? Because sometimes when I work on sites, I work on authority sites where they already have the authority already, right? And so you just have to massage things and push them in the right direction. And it doesn't always take the effort that maybe a brand new website does. So you have to remember in the beginning that every page is an opportunity to be found. But as we've been talking about in terms of blogging, and some people have been talking about niche sites quite a bit, it's been a big area of conversation. It still is. Uh, it's still a good way to develop your either your business or to, to drive traffic or to develop a blog. And that is not so much in terms of quantity as we are back to quality. And and you say, well, wait a minute. You know, isn't isn't every page an opportunity to be found? Yes it is. But the days of creating a blog post or a web page with a couple hundred words and expect to get a lot of traffic from it it really is it's it's tough to do. You really do need to look at what is the competition doing and try to do it better. So you're better off today writing blog posts, maybe 20, 30, 40 blog posts or pages, and try to rank those by continuously massaging and trying to improve those pages, rather than just continuously cranking out new stuff. I guess that's the difference between the two worlds. And I'm finding great, just amazing results by doing that. I, I had a I'm not going to give you the actual page because it's kind of a, a niche site that I'm massaging and working right now. And it's too young. It could be taken over pretty quick by somebody else. But uh, I'll give you some of the results of what I've seen. I I had a an idea, a question that people ask related to this term. And I, I wrote a nice, big, meaty page on it. And it ranked about number 25. And so I let it run a a week and see if it kind of moved forward a little more. And it eventually got down to like 16 and it seemed to be holding on there. So I went back in and I looked at what the other competition was doing. I used some of the tools that I use to help me understand how my page is compared ranking and working compared to another. And then I took that information and I applied it to the page. And there are a number of tricks and tactics that you can do. If you really want to know, sometimes we have trouble figuring out what to add to our pages. Well, a great way to go about it is just listen to Google. Go in to Google and put your search term in the search box. And then see the results but about halfway down, maybe at the bottom, you'll start to see little little sections, drop-downs that you can click on and it'll have all this information usually from another website. Well, I think always from another website. But those questions, the additional questions, things that people were also looking for related to that other keyword, that tends to be a really good topic to add to your page. In other words, you can have multiple topics related to those keywords and, and variations of those keywords. There, there's something that they call in SEO, they call LSI. They're basically latent keywords. A Better way to put it is, if you're talking about a bathroom, Google would also expect it to be other keywords related to bathroom, like, um, you know, tub or shower or hand towel. I don't mean, there, there could be a number of different things. And those are keywords that are also that tell Google that that's what this page is about. So if those additional questions are related, you can add to that page. And I did that and I worked my way up and got into the top 10. And I think for a very tough keyword, um, actually key phrase. And I was starting to get about five to six people a day for just that page. And that's not a lot. It takes a while for these to mature, but at least for where I was sitting for that keyword, I was getting somewhere. And and then over the weekend, it popped up a little more to number six. And this is where I think you might find it interesting. The difference between Number nine position and number six position was getting five people or five views versus 125 the next day and it continuously moving forward like that. So thinking about that with your website and helping people find you in your business To continuously massage those pages to move up the rank, just moving up a few spots can be a big difference. Now, imagine for that key term going from six to five to four. You know, maybe I doubt I'll get to one or two because those are some big corporate, you know, websites that I'd be fighting against. But even in the top five, because you're not just getting found for that keyword specifically, but usually a variety of keywords around that core keyword. So that's something I'm looking at more and more and doing more and more with my websites, massaging them, adding new pages, yes, but not at the pace that I used to. I'm now continuously developing those pages in in making them stronger and and competing at a high level. You don't need as many links as you used to, although links are still very important. They still push your sites up, but just going one-on-one with other pages, your page versus their page, you're gonna get pretty far. You're going to get pretty far. And then when you need to, when you're down in the trenches in the top five, then you really need to pull out all the other maybe SEO tactics. You know, 80% of it really is just having the best page out there. And then from there, obviously domain authorities and so forth will will really push you into the, the very top. Okay. So pay-per-click. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Looking into the new year and some tactics that I'm, I'm working with here. One of my favorite tactics is actually look, going back to the whole idea of what people are searching for, especially those of you, in these days it seems like it's about everyone. <laughs> you have something that people can do on their own. It's a DIY culture, do it yourself, or people can figure it out just by going to Google. Well. One of the things that I do for some of my clients where where it's appropriate is if i if there if people may look online like for a blog that will tell them how to do something, how to fix something in their home, for example uh, what I will do is I'll create ads for those web for those blogs, meaning I will target I will place. These, I'll put in the search, I'll say, how would I, you know, fix my faucet? And, and then I would see the blog posts that are on the front page of Google, make note of those blogs, and then advertise on them through Google for those pages specifically. And I found it to be very effective. And, and this is something that I've done for a number of clients, I even do for myself, I'm also finding more and more that advertising. I mean, I, I, I'm really liking the advertising video on YouTube. We get a lot of coverage, very targeted coverage for a small, a small cost, four, four cents per view, five cents per view, sometimes even three cents per view, higher on the higher end, seven, eight cents per view. But still, I can get a lot of people to see and hear my story or my client's story for. A reasonable price. So that's a tactic that I, I think is is still pretty solid. Another tactic I think is still solid, and I've just looking through some of my clients' uh, just reports over this last week, you know, how well retargeting is working too and actually driving sales and how important that has been. So retargeting is when you target ads specifically to people who've landed on your page. And the reason that is so helpful is because these are now people who know your name at some level. And so when you're advertising to them, it's an opportunity. Uh, as we've often mentioned, you know, you're going on Amazon, you see the boots, you look at the boots, and then you go on other websites, and all you see are those boots <laughs> just staring at you. And that's that reminder. Because the reality is, a lot of times when people come to your web pages for the first time, they're just doing research, so they're not ready to buy. Now mobile, mobile people, they're more buyers than people on desktops, meaning people are on mobile are more ready to purchase right now versus people on desktops traditionally. So if somebody could be in your store on mobile, if you have a bricks and mortar or or ready to buy because they need their solution right now. But again, most of the time people are for the most part, are doing the research the first time they come on your website. So they need to be reminded that you were an option for the you know the problem that they were trying to solve. So that's another way to go about it. I highly recommend making sure you continue to use retargeting. I, it, If nothing else, it's kind of like an email list. It, there's nothing worse than having a client say to me, hey, let's do a big email campaign, which we'll talk about in a few moments. And say, great, let's see your list. Well, we don't have a list. That's a problem. And buying a list isn't really the best way to go about it. You really want to develop that email list. So you want to do that first. And retargeting and remarketing is the same thing. Go to Google Analytics and, and get, the, get the, actually get the code and put it in your website now and start gathering the list. And so when you're ready to retarget, you have a list or two already. So you'll have to get in there, understand audiences, play with the libraries, see what's, how to go about it. You're gonna have to play with that a little bit. I have some videos coming up in the coming weeks. As you know, I on the weekends, I often re- will release tutorial style videos and I'll have some related to that, especially in the new year. I, I'm going to uh, talk a little bit more in the next tutorial, uh, my next tactic, I think, that I think has been really just a big light bulb this, over this past year for me specifically uh, related to phone calls and pay-per-click advertising. Now, I've often intermixed the the ability for people to make phone calls from ads on, on, on you know search ads. And, and the thing is, I kind of just mixed it in there as an option, but not taking it as a just a fully focused campaign. And I've had to do this over the last, oh, six months with a couple of new clients who are purely retail clients and actually franchises. And because they're franchises, we don't wanna necessarily send everybody to the franchise web page, and they don't have their own page. So what do we do? We set up call only ads. And when we set up those call only ads, they're getting phone calls all day and it works really well. And you do have to take a look. And as I've talked about in the last few weeks, sometimes when you look at those ads, you, you need to see, you know, sometimes there's something a little bit off. You know, sometimes Google really does try to play with it. But you also notice how people are saying, okay, Google, hey, Google, you know, I, this is what I want. And so more and more people are talking to their phones and asking for these, uh, services, so I found them very effective. I have had a few clients where people—it just turns out—we're not going to that page and filling out forms. They really just want to buy or talk to somebody. And in those situations where you feel that the form is actually a barrier and people are not following through with that form, you think maybe it'd just be better for them to call. I recommend creating those phone ads. And they have worked out very, very well. So those are four uh, pay-per-click areas that I would recommend in the new year. Pay-per-click obviously is still gonna be solid. It's getting more expensive, but if you, I, I, I've created a, cal, a calculator. Um, I should put it in a better spot for people to find, but I use a calculator to actually see, to make sure you're gonna have a positive ROI. I would think if you're, if you're, Product or service or lifetime value thereof, say over a year, is over $250, $300, and your pay per click is under $5 per click, you're probably going to be okay and receive a positive ROI if you, say, get just a 1% conversion rate. So those are something to consider too. All right. Something else to consider is email. Email still important, still important to collect those emails, offer something of value to collect those emails, because just like some of the people that I've talked with over the last few years who didn't have those email lists, we had to set something up on the web page. Now, the, the newsletter thing, not always the best way to go. You really do now, more than ever, have to come up with something unique, something really, really valuable. And it still can be an ebook, it can still be even a video today that shows people how to do something. But I think you need to be a little more creative than we did in the past. You know, just a list of 10 things. Sometimes it works, but sometimes today, you know, there's enough lists out there of 10 things that people don't wanna give their their emails for. So you probably have to take it a step further, but those emails are still very valid. And of course, once you collect those emails, you need to start sending people emails just to keep in touch. Because if you collect an email list and then send people emails six months from now, they may have forgotten that they gave you their email and just look at it as spam. So it is important to make sure that you are taking the time to send those emails, have a, a plan once a week, every couple of weeks, this email goes out just to say hi, connect. It doesn't necessarily have to be selling anything, it could be informational. It could be, in, in most cases, informational is good because that maybe people who are interested in that topic and you're offering good quality information and not necessarily selling to them, they're more likely to continue to open those emails. And then when you have something you're ready to sell or a promotion for your business, you can then use that, that moment and say, hey, not only that, hey, here's some information, but if you want more more information or you would like this great opportunity, here it is. And have a really strong call to action. Social media, still very strong, but there's some areas. It's it's getting harder to connect with people because so many people are just sending social out, but not receiving. There are a number of cons- Especially, especially on Twitter, I think Twitter sometimes is just a bunch of people shouting at each other. Although relationships can be developed there, and and if I if you become more engaging, people will engage with you. I, I do find that really I, the only area that I'm really just backing away from a lot, and we've discussed this before, is Facebook. Just less and less with Facebook. Not not because. Of anything in the news necessarily. Um, I still like to talk with my friends and family and comment once in a while, friends and family in my personal account. I do like to work within groups. It's just that Facebook page. It's just, just a dog to me. It's just you, such a pay to play thing that I'm, I'm losing people following me on my Facebook page and I really don't care. Because I'm not communicating with them. And even if I wanted to communicate with them, I couldn't. You know, I, I would have to pay. And I like that. I like the system. I like Facebook's system to, to pay um, when I want to, when I want to advertise. I have I've found that it really is still true. That, yes, Facebook, you can sell, do direct sales on Facebook. But it's so much better to help build that email list or help build that webinar list. Something that, you know, create relationships with those ads, get them to download something. Don't ask for money immediately. Use the emails that you collect along the way and then advertise through that medium. Uh, that that has been work, working out pretty well. I think still doing webinars is solid, but you have to be good. Um, a lot more people are doing them. So you definitely need to offer a lot of value, and not make it a big sales pitch. But webinars can still, you can still find good new clients through the webinars if you're offering good class, good education that people will care to watch. Okay, so pay-per-click, social media, SEO, email. It's important to look at all of those areas and see what you're doing and how you're approaching it. Now in the new year, I still think one of the most powerful ways to build your business is through developing partnerships. And you can develop those partnerships online and off. Looking into new year, I still think I need to do more of that. Although I've built my businesses with partnerships, taking the time to reach out and build more partnerships, I think is going to be the, honestly, the big next push for me in my business. And maybe it will be for you. And you can, again, do that online off. We've talked about influencer marketing. You can be an influencer and the people around you in your industry can be influencers. And together you have multiple communities that you can work together with. And so you can support each other Targeting similar kinds of people, again, either online or off. So if you mostly have an online service or product, work together with other people who have similar websites, blogs, social media accounts. Take the time to reach out and be real with it. And don't just mass out there. Build real relationships. If you can build those real relationships, they'll last longer they'll They'll work better, and you you actually have a better chance of making it happen because just sending everybody an email quite often those emails just get ignored, um especially if people really don't know who you are, haven't had any contact with you. So take that time, take that time, and build those relationships. And I think as much of anything, as much as we talk about all these other areas of marketing, relationships today, are what is going to get you where you need to go, especially if you want to get there a little bit faster. Because those, the building when I wanted to build in a specific sector, partnering with somebody who already has clients in that area helped me get in there a lot faster because one, they have some of the clients already, Two, they know the pitfalls. They know where to look. They know what's working and what's not. And they can share that with you or at least guide you. you. They don't necessarily always tell you their entire secret sauce, of course. But then you can start taking the information they do give you and help them also. And that partnership can work really, really well. Okay, why don't I get into a couple questions? If you have questions, you may certainly put them in the chat. And if you would like to uh, Ask a question later on the replay. You can put that in the comments below. Make sure you subscribe via SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Spotify, all those places I upload this podcast as well as the videos are here on YouTube. And I'm live every Monday, noon. No, noon. I haven't been on noon for quite a while. I'm here every Monday, Eastern Standard Time, at usually around 4 o'clock. So you can hit that bell icon and you'll be notified when I'm going to go live. And I often set up the live session a day or two before. So you can always check in on my page. And of course, you can always check out the other videos. If you have a question, I have over 750 videos. Just put Sillers or Rosh in the question and I bet you'll find a video related to it. So some of the questions I have, oh, email. So you say newsletters are not, the best way to go you know that's what we've always done um should we stop doing our newsletter well if you if you have people who are actually looking at that newsletter regularly check out and see what your open rate is you know take some time to adjust you know, your, your newsletter, if you already have a big email list and you're regularly sending a newsletter and that's what they signed up for, I would continue it, but I would start to take a look at that newsletter and make sure that that newsletter is more about them than it is you as it relates to your company. Maybe streamline it down, make it more digestible. That's another thing you can do to make sure that people are opening it. I mean, some newsletters are just full of stuff and you're just overwhelmed and you just shut it down. You don't want that. You want people to actually read, even if they're just going through the headlines and getting a good, gist of what it is that's going on, what's going on with your business. That can be really, really helpful to keep that relationship going. Because remember, a lot of what the newsletter is about is just to keep top of to mind, maybe have a good call to action. In other words, ask them for the sale, um, off, give them an offer of some sort. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing, There's nothing wrong at all with that. Because you do want to do that once in a while because you want to make the time and effort and cost to sending those emails out. You want them to pay for themselves, of course. So that's something that I would certainly uh, recommend. Just revamp it, relook at it, make sure it's not just the same thing you've been doing for the last three, five, 10 years. And maybe in some cases, just update it. Sometimes we use the same old template and we never updated it, never change it. So it is good to refresh. So if the answer is if you have a good uh, open rate, good open rate, 25 percent or higher, um, 20 is kind of on the low side. I mean, your average open rate is like 17 percent, maybe 18 percent. But the thing is, you know, a lot of really good emails that I've sent out and, and worked with, they're 30, 40 percent. And if it's something that people are waiting for, I've seen 50, 60%. But that's that's much more rare. But if if it's still over 20, 25%, then then keep going. Keep going with the newsletter. Maybe think of new ways to engage with your subscribers. And of course, as I said, refresh. Okay. Another question related to SEO, and that's obviously a topic that I am I like like. Um, so So what you're saying is that the longer the page or the blog post, the better, and that will win out every time. Yes and no. Longer tends to be better and if somebody else has a thousand word post, maybe a 1200 or 2000 word post is the next best way to go. But you have to remember, Google is not necessarily reading that post, but they are looking for key terms and elements and headlines and 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 but more than anything, they're looking for how people are reacting. People are reacting to that post, reacting to the headline, and how long, long although there's some debate about how long you know people stay on that page, if that's a factor, but bounce rate certainly is a factor. And how people engage with that page and how people move around that page and what they're reading. And if they're reading through that page and at least looking at the headlines. So, if there's more for people to do, interact with, or even click on, chances are that your page, if you're getting more engagement than the other page, you're going to win out. And part of that is because it is longer, or there are more photographs or more videos. So, sometimes a page that is actually shorter, but more engaging is going to win out on the longer page. But a kind of a default, longer tends to keep people more engaged in some way, and people do share longer pieces of content uh, versus shorter pieces of content, it seems more authoritative. So the general rule in many ways is just make it better. Find out what the competition is doing, look at it really closely, and yes, Make it better and then continue to make your page better. Don't just put it out there and say, I'm done onto the next one. Make it part of your routine to go back through your pages, compare to the competition again, maybe their game. And that's why you're losing opportunity and opportunities to drive some links that way. Make sure you're sharing in the social media, share your posts. You, You can share to Twitter more than once the same blog post, you know, maybe every few weeks it goes in a rotation, New people who follows you, who are following you, you know, they may have not seen it. And especially if it's a popular one, which you do get a lot of engagement on, that could drive new links to that page, which could then, of course, help your rankings. So there are a lot of ways. Activity. Activity is such a big part of success in social media, SEO, marketing. The people who are active, for some reason, just seem to get all the breaks. It's crazy how that works. All right, pay-per-click question. Um, Actually, no, that's not the question I want. Let me me kind of pull one up here. One of the questions that um, I I get a lot is, you know, what is a good conversion rate? What is a good click-through rate? Um, Click-through rate, this is, let me tell you where I start. I start off with the idea that I want a, two percent click-through rate minimum and a one percent conversion rate those are my targets when i start now i have many many uh campaigns going that have much higher than a two percent click through rate much higher and i've had a few here and there that i struggled to get to two percent it just depends on the industry so that's what you'll need to consider And I figure if you're not getting a 1% conversion, you're failing. And what you need to do is one, look at your product, look at your call to action, look at the page and start doing some testing. And once you get a good click-through rate, a good portion of your time should be continuously testing that landing page and your calls to action and your photos and your copy, everything you can possibly think of to test. And remember when you test, Just test one thing at a time so you know exactly what it is that is working. Thank you so much. It is great to have everyone here. I will talk to you next Monday, four o'clock Eastern Standard Time. If you have questions for next week's show, if you have a few ideas for shows or topics, please put them in the comments below. And I look forward to seeing everyone and talking to everyone next week.